Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. What's going on, everybody? Uh, Zach Rosenblatt here at NJ.com. We have an emergency podcast here for you. There's some big news coming out today. I'm here with Mike K. Carson Wentz is going to be playing again on Sunday. Doug Peterson held a press conference this afternoon, and he finally revealed that Carson Wentz is cleared for contact. He's going to be playing on Sunday. I've, I've never seen Doug Peterson happier in a press conference. He walked in smiling and all bubbly and kind of dancing. He almost da- felt like he was dancing a little bit. I don't think he actually was. But Carson Wentz is coming back on Sunday. It's probably going to take a little bit for him to get back into the swing of things. But this is huge news. This is the Eagles franchise quarterback. They're coming off a loss to the Buccaneers on Sunday. They, the offense was pretty stagnant. Nick Foles is better than he was in week one, but he clearly is just not the same player that Carson Wentz is. And, you know, whatever level of player Carson Wentz is, I think it's going to bring a shot in the arm for this team. And Doug didn't directly say that, but I think he pretty much admitted that. Uh, yeah, so let's go to Mike now. I mean, Mike, what what, do you, what was your immediate reaction when you heard that he was coming back? I know it kind of felt like it was building up to this, right? Yeah, you know, all the rumors, all of, all of the talk following the game was about Carson and it just kind of seemed like it was inevitable that he would come back. He's going to face his former offensive coordinator and Frank Reich, uh, who knows him probably better than anyone um, along with uh, DeFilippo, John DeFilippo in, in Minnesota. But I mean, I think this is the perfect opportunity. You're going to be at home. Um, you're going to have the crowd in your favor. Um, yeah. Doug Marone, I mean, oh, Doug Peterson, sorry. <laughs> Caught in your last Doug, huh? Yeah, man. I To go from one <laughs> Doug to the other. I'm sorry about that. So Doug, to have Doug say, you know, he doesn't expect Carson to be the Carson of 2017 right away. He said there could be some setbacks. Said that there could be some issues. I think he's coming at it with a realistic approach. And it seems like this was their, just hearing him talk, it seems like this was their plan all along. To have Nick start the first two games of the season, try to be 2-0 and or 1-1. and and then let Carson take over from there. But the funny thing is, I feel like the one and one, they probably thought it was going to be flipped in terms of who they beat and who they lost to. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think they wanted to make sure that no matter what, they were at least at 500 entering week three when Carson was going to return. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, so it's a very interesting game for him on Sunday. I mean, you talked about the Frank Reich thing. I think that's going to be an interesting storyline because if there's any coach, like you said, that knows him, like it's him. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they game plan for Carson. And number, I mean, like I mentioned, you know, we don't know how he's going to look, if he's going to be mobile, if he's going to be hesitant, how he's going to handle a hit. That's going to be something to watch. And then just on top of that, you know, the offensive line's coming off the worst game I've seen them play in a long time. Uh, the running backs are banged up. 
the receivers are – we don't even know what's going on there. We, we thought maybe they might try and target Josh Gordon, but it doesn't seem like that's happening. He might be going to the Patriots. Uh, it sounded like Doug wanted them to bring in a veteran. How quickly can a veteran come in and contribute? Like, it, there, There's a lot of question marks surrounding Carson Wentz, and I, I, I'm not sure it's a great situation that he's coming back into, but as you and I have talked about quite a bit the last couple of days, I, they, they clearly just need a shot in the arm on offense. And I – even if he doesn't play great on Sunday, even even if they lost the game, I still feel like they're going to come out of this weekend kind of feeling great about the rest of the season, right? Yeah, it, it's like you said, it's a shot in the arm for this this team. This team wants to uh, move the football. They want to move the ball consistently. They want to have the threat of Carson potentially a, as a mobile quarterback, and and they want to spread the ball around. And I think Carson Wentz is very good at hitting multiple targets. Yes, Nick Foles did that during the playoffs, but we've seen so far he struggled at times to find open receivers, even if they are open. So I think Carson's got better vision. I think he's got a better presence in the pocket. And and that's something that it doesn't he doesn't necessarily need to be at 100 percent in order to, to operate those intangibles. Yeah. And going off that a little bit, I even if Carson Wentz was at his full self, with the problems they have right now at receiver, I, until Alshon Jeffrey comes back, I'm not sure this offense is going to flow kind of as smoothly as everybody kind of thinks it will. Alshon, coming into the season, I think everybody kind of underappreciated how important he is in this offense. You kind of saw the last couple of weeks, Nelson Aguilar had to kind of make magic himself. He didn't really have any room to operate. He had a, a, some really good plays the other day. And I, there just hasn't been room. They, he just draws attention away from guys. And having Alshon not in there, that's... Carson's number one target. I think he targeted him the most out of anybody last year, even more than Ertz. Uh, that, that's going to be something to watch, too, because we don't know when Alshon's coming back. Peterson was a little less optimistic with him than he has been with Carson. He said he's week to week still. So if he doesn't if he doesn't go back to full contact, I'd be surprised if he plays this week. But, yeah, you know, go, going off that, I think we should we should do a little back and forth here. I was thinking we go back and forth. We In reaction to this news, uh, we take turns saying a guy that – is most helped by this news that Carson Wentz is coming back, player or coach, and a guy that's most maybe hurt by Carson Wentz coming back. You want to start it off? You can pick either one. Yeah, sure. I'm going to go with Zach Ertz. I think when you look at how Zach has played, sure, he had 11 catches, but if you take away his 34-yard catch in the second half, in the first, in the second quarter, he only really had 10 catches for 60 yards. That's six yards a catch. And I think Wentz's ability to stretch plays helps Zach get open. It also helps take advantage of his of his hands. They seem to be a lot more in sync than Nick and, and Zach ever were. And I think this should help. You know, you know, if you have own Zach Ertz in fantasy football, I think he becomes a much more premium target for you. Yeah, I, I agree, especially with my point about Alshon earlier, with him being out. I think Ertz pretty clearly jumps to the top of the pecking order for him. And then, so I'll go I'll go the other direction. I'll say kind of an obvious one that's most impacted by this would be Nick Foles, of course. Uh, he kind of had, this was kind of his chance to prove that he deserved to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. He probably deserved, proved that already when he won Super Bowl MVP, but as we've talked, we talked about on our last podcast, he's just like the most extreme quarterback I've ever seen. You know, he'll have... Uh, even within the stretch of one game, he'll have an amazing play and he'll look pretty mediocre the rest of the game. And I don't know if he helped him, his cause necessarily coming in this offseason where he's probably going to be a free agent. You know, he almost certainly started his last game as an Eagles quarterback unless Carson Wentz suffers a setback, which obviously is possible. 
But I, I wonder how Nick Foles is feeling about this the rest of the season going into the offseason and in his future. If, if there's a team out there that – because there's not even that many starting jobs available right now if you look around the league. And I'm, I'm just curious, like, how he's valued around the league after they saw him kind of take the mantle for these last couple of weeks and what, what kind of the future holds for him. What do you kind of think about that? I think that's a fair question to pose. You know, did he help himself? And if you ask probably – most, I would say that it's a mixed bag. I mean, really, that's what Nick Foles is. He's a mixed bag. And, you know, if you're a franchise and you really don't want to, if you feel like you, your offense is built outside a quarterback, maybe you look at Nick Foles because you know he can do well when he has pieces around him. But if you're starting from scratch, I don't know if Nick Foles is the guy you want to uh, bring in. He talks a lot about his daughter and how much that dictates and his family, how much that dictates his decision making. I'm not sure a team's going to want to give him a multi-year contract, so I'm curious if he's going to be willing to take a one-year deal. And I wonder if, you know, he goes through the he goes through free agency, he doesn't get the interest he wants. I wonder if he considers coming back to Philadelphia again. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, it's not bad to make, you know, a few million dollars as a backup to Carson Wentz, who is clearly among the best quarterbacks in the league when healthy. And you know, Nick has embraced their relationship. He's embraced uh, his role when he is behind Carson. And I think that's really been impactful for the locker room. I think guys see that and know that they have to follow suit. This is a guy that's the Super Bowl MVP, but he's willing to hold the clipboard. Um, he's a guy who's had a 27 and two touchdown to interception ratio. He's been a guy that started several games and won a lot more than he's lost. And for, you know, that's such a good example for the younger players on the roster. A lot of the guys that are key role players, who may not be starters, but are learning that their roles can be important, even if they aren't the guy. Yeah, I agree. All right. Now you give me one. Give me one that you think is is impacted negatively by Wentz's return. Huh. That's a good one. Um, that's a good question. You know, maybe it's, it's Big V, because if he's going to be playing a lot for Jason Peters, if you thought that the, the venom and the animosity towards him – with critique from outside sources, uh, whether it's fans or media was bad when it was Nick Foles getting hit. <laughs> Just wait till it's Carson Wentz who had is coming off an ACL surgery. The pressure is on. Yeah. Carson can extend plays, which might help big V moving forward. But I mean, he's their prized possession. You know, people have seen what they've seen from Nick Foles. Some people don't want to go back to that. And I think, you know, Carson's the guy who brings a lot of hope. And if he were to take a, a bad hit in the next game or two, I could see Big V really taking the brunt of it. Yeah, he it, it's kind of it's been interesting to see his his career, how it's kind of in a lesser to a lesser extent, kind of like the Nick Foles experience in the way that, you know, he he's shown a lot of inconsistency throughout his career. And then he stepped in for Jason Peters last year it was pretty good for a for a good part of the, the season and into the playoffs. And uh, and then he came out of this preseason. He just was really bad. He put Nick Foles in harm's way. He was giving up sacks. He came in the other day when Jason Peters went down, and he gave up a sack almost immediately to Jason P uh, Pierre Paul. And yeah, that that that's going to be something we don't we don't know exactly what the extent of Jason Peters' injury. He sounded optimistic that he'll be coming back uh, next week, but I mean he's he's 36, and and who 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 knows at this point. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on for sure. All right, at 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 the other end, I. One I thought of uh, that would be a positive would be, uh, I think, Doug Peterson and Mike Rowe, the com the play callers. Uh, I, th I think with Carson Wentz in the lineup, they can clearly 
I mean, if he's Carson Wentz that we think he is, they they can be more creative with the playbook. They they were pretty clearly going more conservative with Nick Foles these last couple of weeks. They they know how to play to his skill set. It worked so well in the playoffs last year, uh, but it, it just seemed like they were going almost ultra conservative. And Foles wasn't taking shots down the field, and he wasn't really able to do much when the plays broke down. He can, he's not a big improviser. He can get tunnel vision when the when the pressure is on. And Carson Wentz like is the opposite of almost all those things. He'll take shots downfield. He'll take risks. Uh, he'll do creative things. He'll make plays with his feet. And I, I, I got to think that Mike Rowe and uh, Doug Peterson, I think that's part of their excitement right now, that they can open up the playbook a little bit. Yeah, I, I think Carson definitely gives you more options. I think he allows you to be a little bit more creative, a little bit more dynamic. And, you know, there are guys that he vibed with a lot better than uh, Nick did. I mean, you remember Alshon Jeffrey and Foles struggled to really connect for the first several weeks that um, Nick was around. Yeah, they had a good Giants game, but then the targets yeah, went quiet. Yeah. Uh, you look at uh, Zach Ertz. Yeah, Zach had some good games and was a safety net for him, but it wasn't like he was really as dominant as he had been during those first eight game, eight to ten games that season. Um, you know, I I, I think Nick has built a rapport with those guys, but I think it's abundantly clear that Wentz is more accurate. Wentz is able to make something out of nothing a lot of the time. And, you know, he's the more talented player. And I think the the roster knows that as much as they support Nick. For sure. Are you, you got, you got one more, uh, one more that it helps Carson Wentz coming back. Uh, I think Nelson Aguilar is developing into a special player. Uh, we talked about it on our last podcast, but, it, you know, when you have a guy throwing to you the magnitude of Wentz, I, I, I just think that elevates your game. And I think Aguilar is in a spot right now where he's catching every pass thrown his way. Just imagine if somebody targets him more than 12 yards downfield. So I think that it's going to be a benefit for uh, Aguilar's numbers. I don't think he's going to have a lot of eight catches for 33-yard type games. I think it's going to be more like six catches for 80 yards uh, with Wentz. He looked great in training camp uh, until he kind of got banged up and he started missing some preseason games. And that then he kind of got out of the flow of the offense. And I don't think anybody really knew what to expect anymore at that point. Kind of forgot about him a little bit. Uh, but his, his journey to this point is kind of insane if you think about just where he was at those first two years. He was a Chip Kelly draft pick. He wasn't really showing anything those first two years. Uh, people were calling him a bust pretty quickly. And then last year he came out and was one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. And then these first two games, he's been playing on the outside too. And if he can do that and Alshon Jeffrey comes back, like Nelson Aguilar might be a pro bowler this season. That That's kind of, I don't think anybody expected that. If you had said that two years ago, even a year ago at this time, you would have been, people would have given you the side eye. Uh, yeah, I, I think, okay, now let's, let's look a little bit ahead to the Sunday. I guess what, what do you think is a reasonable expectation for what Wentz could do on Sunday? What What do you think is the is the best case scenario? What do you think is the worst case scenario? I guess. Well, I, I think you look at what Andrew Luck's come back from. Obviously, they're different injuries. He's coming back from a throwing shoulder injury, um, and Carson's coming back from uh, an ACL and LCL surgeries. I, I think it's tempered expectations. I still think he's the same guy with the same vision. He's shown that. Even when he's not been mobile, he can make big plays. I mean, the last play of last season for him was a touchdown when he had a torn LCL yeah. and, a and ACL. The guy is a special player, and so it's going to be hard to gauge. But I think you can – like, even if they tell him, hey, look, focus on the pocket, focus on, 
unlimited mobility. Do what Nick Foles does from a mobility standpoint. Don't go out of your way to run. I still think he's got the arm and the accuracy to really play at a high level. Yeah, and it, it's funny. You know, I, I covered the Sixers for a little bit when I started out at NJ.com, and Joel Embiid, of course, has this reputation of always being hurt. So every time he falls over, everybody freaks out. And I, I just know that anytime Carson West gets tackled, he falls to the ground, he gets sacked. Like I'm, The entire Lincoln Financial Field is going to collectively hold it hold its breath and it's going to be a a stressful experience for fans I feel like until they see him running around like the old Carson Wentz and I think it's kind of important for fans to maybe temper those expectations because everybody I talked to with the level of injury that he had because the Eagles kind of mostly only talked about it like it was a torn ACL but he tore two major ligaments in his knee and I've talked to doctors I've talked to people you know on the team and stuff and I I think they're bracing for the fact that he's probably going to be a little rusty and I'm not sure He's going to be the scrambling quarterback that we all, you know, know and love. And I'm curious how that much that affects him if if he can if he's willing to be a pocket passer and not risk re-injury or and whatnot. And I think that's going to be something to keep an eye on. But it's going to, it's going to be exciting. I think the the crowd's going to be amped up just knowing that he's back in the mix. All right, that was our uh, that was our first emergency podcast. I think it went pretty well. Podcast number two for you. Uh, you're, you're still in the process of moving from Florida. We can't wait to bring you over here. But thank you guys for uh, listening to the latest episode of the No Huddle Show. Of course, make sure you subscribe. We're on all the podcast apps, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Spreaker, the Apple Podcast app, uh, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter. And, yeah, make, make sure you're subscribed. And thanks for listening.